Oh, it's been a long time since I've been standing up here. Yeah. You remember, God calls us in all different ways to do all sorts of things. And sometimes our past stops us moving forward. Sometimes our past can puts the brakes on and stops us being all that we can be because we are not all that we are. And God sees something totally different for us. You know, and his image, what he creates us into. We go through all sorts of different trials and tribulations to get us there. Always learning, always gaining more. So as we bring the message today, just remember that he is in control. He knows what he wants for us. We need to trust him. So let's pray. We just thank you, Lord, that we can gather here today and we thank you, Lord, that we can hear your word and we just ask you, Lord, that you can just open our hearts and print the word upon our hearts and just give us the courage to stand up and move forward. Give us the strength to stand up and move forward and always be with us. Amen. Amen. The first time I was called, it was a shock because I've been praying and praying and praying, God, show me direction, God. What do you want me to do with my life? Because I'm thinking of practical things like work and you know, house, cars, all that sort of stuff. Now, when he came and he said, no, I want you to come and serve me. I want you to preach to me people. And I was like, whoa, hang on. And my past came up really fast. All those fears come back. For when I was growing up, you know, I was always knocked down, always told I wouldn't, wouldn't amount to anything. You know, everyone was judging me left, right and centre, calling me unworthy. You know, I saw a lot of things when I was growing up that were just painful and just things that children shouldn't be a part of and shouldn't see. But I was there in the thick of it. And through all that, you know, I was always made to be a liar because people didn't want me to speak about what I saw. You know, every time I stood up and tried to stand out, I was knocked down. No, you're unworthy. You're just not going to amount to anything. My family was poor. My brother and sister didn't amount to much. So they just assumed I was the same person and judged me the same. And I never got the opportunity to be anything or to do anything. You know, so when God called me, he was like, you want me to do what? You know, and this is putting yourself right out there in front of people. You can't hide. Everyone sees you. And I didn't want to be transparent. I didn't want people to see my pain. You know, I hid it down deep. I hid it away. You know, we're all challenged at some point in our life. We're all challenged with our heart. You know, because he wants us to be all that we can be. He wants us to break through all that fear. And fear was my greatest that was doing me in. And shame. You know, I felt shame for my past. I didn't want to bring my past up. I didn't want to have it paraded around. And to be a minister, well, hey, you've got to do that. You know, here I am. Look at me. This is all I am. But God sees so much more for us. You know, I remember Moses. You know, he was a great prophet a great shepherd of the people of Israel and brought them out of Egypt. But he wasn't always a prophet. You know, he, when God found him, he was hiding in the land of Midian in his self-exile for 40 years, hidden himself away because he'd murdered a man in Egypt. He didn't want to get nothing to do with back there. You know, and God called to him. In Exodus chapter 3, got 3 to 15, we'll work our way through it. 
Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, yeah, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, that it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. We're inquisitive people, aren't we? You know, we see something different, we've just got to get involved. We've just got to see it. We've just got to get in. You know, we're told don't touch when we're kids. What do we do? We touch. We're told don't look, we look. You know, it's like um, uh, the sanitarium, go walking past the sanitarium. And he's 11, 11, 11, 11. These people chant, he's like, what is going on? 11, 11. So he sees them not the hole in the wall. He's like, oh, I'll have a look through there. He's just got to find out what's going on. Puts his head down, oh, it's a poke in the eye. And all his ears, 12, 12, 12. <laughs> you know? We just can't help it. We've got to look. You know, God has made our hearts to search things out. You know, we've got to look. We can't stop. So the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And this Moses, with this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The way I knew God when I was growing up, the first time I encountered God, that he was all punishment, all power, you know, he chastises and kills people and wipes people out. You know, if you've got sin, then he's going to do away with you. Well, that's why I thought God was. All punishment, all rules, all judging. So, but if that was me, I would have just turned tail and ran. Because I would have thought, oh, no, it's gone up with me, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he didn't run away, which was really good. <laughs> the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. Well, I've got one of them too. And <laughs> Love you, Vicky. <laughs> I have heard them crying out because of this, because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. I think I got them all. And now... The cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go and I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring Israelites out of Egypt? I can imagine it's the last place you want to go. You know, I'm sure there's a lot more, lot more said that wasn't put into these words. You know, you can imagine... Mate, I'll just kill the guy. I'm not going back there. You know, they've got big spears, axes, you know. I'm going to get done in. You know, see me down the creek, I'll play with the mud crabs, you know. (laughs) I don't want to go back there. But he obeyed. But he still doubted. You know, God wants us to go a lot of places and wants us to do a lot of things and they're so confronting to us. You know, it's like, 
when I had to go and face my family and start talking about the things that had happened in my life because of all the persecution and everything I'd received I just didn't know how I was going to do it I didn't know what the outcome was going to be I was rejected anyway so it didn't really matter in the end I thought well God's got it let's go do it but I was rejected again but this time I had the strength of God behind me I had God holding me back I had God to guide me through you know even though the outcome wasn't what I imagined the outcome would be you know, to this day, there's still problems. You know, they say, you know, make friends with your brother. Well, you know, I've tried with my sisters and my brothers, and I just hand it over to God. You know, I've had my peace. I said my forgiveness, you know, ask for forgiveness for anything I've done, and hand it over to God. You know, I still pray for them every day, which we should. You know, always pray for your family, always pray for your loved ones. Never stop. Yeah. And God said, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Someone, yeah, lost my page. Sorry. <laughs> Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent, you to, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my forever. This is my name forever the name you call you shall call me from generation to generation when i was called by god that fear came up and really controlled me it knocked me down i just felt so unworthy how could you call me to do this job how could you call me to go to your people now, I quickly forgot all those prayers that I said, oh, good, give me direction. God did this, God did that. It's like I wanted to go and crawl under a rock. I felt so unworthy because I was still dealing with pain. I was still dealing with everything that happened in my life. It's like, how can you call me? You know? I know he saw so much more of me than what I saw because what I saw wasn't very good. You know, I'd married Vicky and like she was my rock, absolute rock. You know, she was able to help me through a lot of things. And my life, oh, I'd found the love of God, which is great, the love of Jesus, which was special, because before that all I knew was judgment. But Vicky was able to pick me up and hold me and keep me going, keep me on the right path. You know, and she reminded me, oh, but remember, you've prayed, you've done all this, you've asked God for all this, this is what he wants you to do. But it's funny, when you're knocked down so much, knocked down every day, you start believing you start believing everything that's said. You know, and it's just so hard to believe that you could be anything more. And all the pain and all the hurt that I'd received and had caused to others, you know, I just couldn't see how I could be worthy of such a thing. Then God confronted me and said, but I am your strength. I will help you. I will guide you through. You are enough. 
Just place it in my hands and let me deal with it. Let me have control. And I will give you all you need to tackle it. Isaiah 41.10 So fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So in the end, I just say, okay, God, let's see what happens. Let's go for it. And I had a lot of uh, problems because I didn't understand totally what love was. And I had a lot of doubt of how was I going to learn all this that I needed to learn. I had memory problems. I couldn't remember things properly. You know, my schooling wasn't the best. I improved on that over time, which was good. (laughs) I hated reading. Hated reading. It's like, I've got to read this Bible. You've seen this thing. I think it is. (laughs) I'd read a page and fall asleep. I could, it was terrible. You know, so I started on, you know, going, working through everything and piece by piece. And I met a senior pastor. Oh, he was a great man. He was a beautiful man. And he told me how he got to where he was. He came out from England. He was involved in the gangs in England. And he got the calling and, and started studying over there and got sent to Australia. But he couldn't read or write. Couldn't read a word, couldn't write a word. You know, and he came to Australia and he found a Bible college, the Axe International, helped him, you know, and that, they said, okay, you know, we, we can help you with this, you know, and they gave him all the tools he needed to do the job. But like everything, you've got to do it yourself. You know, and so he just laid his life down to God and allowed God to lead him, allowed God to teach him. Like now he reads, writes, he does everything, but he learned all that through God. God gave him the tools he needed to do the job. You know, but he was the same. We were just pigeon pairs, you know. He'd come from pain and misery, and it was the same, why did you call me? So meeting him, I think, was the best, greatest change in my life. Yeah, he knew what he wanted. He wanted God and he loved God. And he said, You're the same, one. it'll come. God will give you all you need. That love will grow. It'll overtake you. It'll consume you. Just let it do it. So, yeah, I stood back and said, Okay, God, you've got the reins. Let's go for it. We know, you know God works through all things for good. So he was able to take hold of my fears and turn them around. He was able to take hold of all my weaknesses, turn them into strengths. And I started the ministry and now I started doing street ministry and meeting so many people who were down and out. So many people on the end of their tether, on the end of their rope. So many people just hanging on by a claw in the fingernail. You know, it was amazing how easy it was to help those people, how easy it was to go forward. All the things that I was hiding in my life, I found these people were hiding too. You know, some people wore it on the outside. Most people wear it on the inside. It's like being sick. People with a disability, you get lost an arm. You can see that. You know, someone sneezes and coughs and bleh, you know, you can see that. They're all illnesses we can see. Worst illnesses are the ones on the inside that you can't see. They hide away. And I've been sick for quite a long time. Had a lot of prayer and... Yeah, well, that was another thing that stopped me from the ministry. It was like, I'm sick. And I prayed. I went to a church that didn't like people being sick, wouldn't allow people who were sick in a leadership role because there must be something wrong with you. You have sin. You know? And they looked at you as a sinner. It's like, but God has called me. I've got love in my heart. What is wrong with you people? 
you know. Come on, you know, he calls the broken. What was that? He calls the broken. He transforms us. But I wasn't worthy. So, you know, it's hard to stand up when you get knocked down so many times. And that was another one. It's like, okay, I'm going to try some ministry. I'm learning to be a minister. And now I'm being rejected by the people that are supposed to love me. So that started confusing me for a long time. Started confusing me. I didn't know where to go or what to do after that. So I went back to the old minister, <laughs> which is brilliant. You know, but he, then he got to us with a story telling me he did exactly the same things. You know, he was getting rejected by churches left, right and centre, by ministries. Because Acts International, you know, there's a whole wide range of churches that they have all through the Pacific and all over the world, and I think up through Asia. But he was getting rejected one by one because of what he was, because of where he came from. He was a gang leader in, in Britain. He was a hitman. That's who he was, a hitman of all things. You know, he'd done some terrible things. But like he did, he just put me back to Paul. We all know what Paul done. Paul was putting Christians to death. You know, but God was able to call him. God found him worthy. You know? So I looked at, me, looked at that and looked at my own life and said, well, there's got to be something there. You know? He finds me worthy. So I went you know, to all the drug places I could find. I was able to walk in there and help those people. Yet the church wouldn't help me. I was able to go down the riverbank to all the alcoholics and drunks down the riverbank. I was able to preach to those people and help those people. But the church still didn't want me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I thought, well, there has to be something about this. And I remembered what Jesus said, that we get rejected by our own people. And then I realised that was the main problem. Because I was in my hometown, my own people... It was something about me that they were rejecting, not just the ministry. No, when I finally got down to it and we broke down, we had a few arguments and all that and got over all that sort of stuff, the truth came out and all it was was the family thought that I wasn't worthy. The family thought I wasn't worthy. I had placed myself in a greater position than what they were. It's like, you don't understand. You know, God didn't call me to be greater than anyone. God didn't call me because I had any stature, any money, or any... Well, he didn't call me for any of that. He called me to serve. He called me to put myself down and be able to go to the people. And so I've been able to help so many people over time, and it's just beautiful. You know, I love God. I thank God every day that I've been able to overcome and break down the walls. Well, finally, I got my own church. <laughs> finally, because the senior ended up having five bypasses and all sorts of stuff, and he was just too sick, he couldn't come back. So he just handed it over to me, which was a bit scary at the time because I hadn't been fully trained. I was still working at it. You know, I had no idea about the running of the church and all the little things involved with the church. It was just fun. All the legal stuff and... Yeah, we're getting letters from, we hadn't read, they hadn't registered the church as a not-for-profit, so we're getting letters from the um, Governor General's office about all these different things we've got to do, and we didn't have enough people in the, people in the church, because Monto's only a small community, very little in Monto. 
And um, you know, so we didn't even have enough people to make a body <laughs> proper membership because they were all going to other churches, and they were basically told that they couldn't be a controlling member of our church because they were in their churches. You know, so they wouldn't let them do that. And if you live in a small country town, well, you've got slim pickings. <laughs> so we put things together left, right, and centre, but eventually we got a letter saying, "Oh no, we can't be a non-for-profit organisation." All that. But it's all those little things that you deal with all the time that you don't realise there. But God got me through it. He gave me the tools. We went and did all the accounting and all the things we had to do. Learned all about the banking. Learned all about the laws and all the horrible things about churches that we just don't learn about. Well and truly. <laughs> so, yeah, so after we did all the business courses, things got easier. But that's the thing. God gave us the tools and we were able to overcome. Able to overcome. So he kept building us and building us. Of course, in the meantime, Vicky's really getting close with the Lord. Like she had a few strokes because of stress and everything else. You know, she's been a sick woman for a long time, but God keeps healing her, keeps healing her. Like we say, she's the prayer hog. Yeah. Yeah, he's got something in store for her, I know that. Yeah. He keeps healing her, and she was getting closer and closer to God. And that's when God came to me and said, you know, with my illness, all I had to do was believe in him. Be humble in who I am. Be humble to God. Now, I believe the last couple of tests I've had for ankylosing spondylitis actually come back negative, which has been very interesting considering I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's mate Steve, you know, he's been praying for me all the time. You know, we're like, well, there has to be something else. And this morning I was going to the doctor, Steve prayed, had a big prayer session. I don't know if they'll think it was at the church here. And the morning he's prayed, well, you know, God was really doing the work. Because that doctor, I walk in there and he's going through all my things. He said, oh, you shouldn't be in this much pain. What's going on? Then light shines in yonder pasture. He's like, ah, maybe you've got something else. So he read this other thing out to me and it's like, there I was. Everything matched up to what I had. So I've done tests for it. I haven't got the test back yet. But it is something that can be treated. So God told me a long time ago, you are healed. You are healed. So I believe God. I believe, yes, I am healed. I can do all things in his name. He can do all things. He's the most powerful. He's the most perfect. So I thanked him. You know, I thank God every day. I'm, I'm praying, yes. You know, there is a hope. There is a way. I can't go forward. Because that was the worst thing. And Vicky, I know she worried about it all the time. She worries about it constantly. But Vicky's got this little thing where she actually talks to God and God talks back to her. I think it's pretty awesome. You know, and coming into church and we're going through all the things we're going through, and Vicky's like, no, no, God says, it's all good. We've got this. We need to do this. We need to do that. And finally, when the church closed, the same thing, God came back and said, move south. Just be obedient. Just step out. Let me have control. So we're obedient. In the end, after about three attempts, <laughs> it's amazing how the world pulls us away and we go off on our little tangents everywhere but like Moses you know who's obedient he listened to God and he went and did what he had to do God supplied everything he needed to do it and he gave him all the tools for the job but he didn't walk in there alone he actually walked in with all the elders because he had to go see the elders and they all went into there together but he, he was obedient to God and look what God did with him 
a man who was hidden, hiding in shame for what he had done. God raised him up and made him a mighty man of God. Someone who's remembered throughout time. You know, if it led people through the wilderness. It's amazing reading his stories. But it's all out of obedience because he was obedient to God. And let God do what he had to do. So the same as us, we need to let God take control. When you step out, when God calls you, no matter how small it is, like I was looking at God, you know, what a future, and thinking what I was going to do, I was about working all the rest. I never imagined in my life that that's what he called me to do. Never. <laughs> you know, I was a hands-on guy. I worked as a foreman in asparagus fields and building houses and never thought my wildest dreams that's what he called me to do. And he turned my brokenness into blessings. You know, and Vicky's, with Vicky's guidance, you know, talking to God, well, that was just, oh, that's awesome. You know, I've got a two-way system. Oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> Let Vicky know, will you? <laughs> and it's beautiful. And together, we just become an awesome team. And then God, Vicky also learned, because we did go to churches where women were, were oppressed, but she learned not to stand behind me, but to stand beside me. So now she's a formidable force and she just takes on so many things. You know, it's beautiful. But again, we're just obedient to God. That's all it is. So people say, how did you get to where you are? We're just obedient to God. We just let him have his way. We love him and trust him enough to say, here you go. And then the last challenge God gave us, everyone knows about God's Christmas gifts. <laughs> how that come about? That was a shock. And we had nothing nothing still believing on that god you will supply everything god and again he just gives us a challenge you know go on go do this give some presents to the poor ah, we've got nothing we just believed in him and he created such a beautiful thing he's constantly creating the world around us constantly changing the world around us and it's just beautiful if you let go just let him have control and see what he can do with you you are not who you are sitting in the seat. You are not who, when you were brought up, your circumstances don't make you who you are. God makes you who you are. In Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. His purpose, not our purposes. You need to let go. Like we always say, crossing the chicken line, you've got to step over the chicken line. Don't let fear pull you back. Well, um, Chris Valutin says, fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. It's so true. The devil doesn't want you to achieve. He doesn't want you to be all that God wants you to be. You know, he corrupted Eve and corrupted Adam. By telling them they can be like God. You know, and these are people that were in a perfect place. Perfect Garden of Eden. They had everything. But they let go. Trusting in God does take some strength. Trusting in God does take faith. You know, the devil might be there to pull us down every day. But all we need is faith. Just hold on to your faith. We know how precious God, I've seen some beautiful miracles over my time. Absolute beauty. I've seen people here with measles right in front of the spots just disappear on their arms. 
people with broken arms healed right in front of your eyes. God has shown me so much and helped me be involved in so much that I cannot doubt who he is and what he does. No one could tell me that he doesn't exist. No one can tell me that he is not there. Because we just know emphatically that he's there. That he loves us so much. And he does love us so much. So just hand it over to him. Hand your life over to him. Let him have control. Take that step. See what he does with it. Well, if you take the step and it's not what he's saying, you know he's there to catch you and he'll just put you back on the path. It's all good. He's always got us. So let us pray. We just thank you, Lord, that you can take such brokenness and turn it into beauty. We thank you, Lord, that you can take the downtrodden, that you can take all that sin, all those things that have destroyed us, that you can turn them around and turn them into beauty. You took the cross, which was a symbol of punishment, a symbol of death, one of the most efficient ways to kill someone. In the most painful way to kill someone, he turned it around and turned it into life. He turned that brokenness into blessings. So Lord, just work within us. Help us to have the courage to step out. Help us to have the courage just to let go and let you have control. We just thank you for the love that you pour on us, Lord. We just ask you to be with us and give us all that we can handle. And boy, can we handle a lot. We know from experience. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for the challenges which you place in our path. We thank you for every step we take. We just ask, Lord, just be with us forever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Cool. Sorry? Yes, let's do it.